0: Welcome to Wisdom, Love, and Beauty, a podcast for the soul and the home of dangerous wisdom. This is Dr. Nikos, your friendly neighborhood soul doctor, and here we are at another week of Yijing Insights, guidance from the sacred science of synchronicity. This week, when asked what is the most important thing for us to know, Yijing offers hexagram 63. That's the penultimate hexagram. There's 64 hexagrams total. And we have 63 as our hexagram for this week. Karcher and the Aranos translators render this hexagram as already crossing or already fording, as in fording or crossing a river. Huang and other translators go a bit further, or you could say just emphasize a slightly different aspect, and they call it already fulfilled or already complete. Now, those subtle differences bring out aspects of the same basic situation. In life, we want to make a great crossing to accomplish our true purposes. Maybe we need to make several great crossings, major endeavors. There's a time of not yet crossing these great rivers and there's a time of crossing them. Now it's interesting to think that some translators are calling this hexagram already fulfilled or already complete, but it's not the final hexagram. It's hexagram 63, not 64. So it's already complete, but not complete. There's a kind of warning here from Jing about our attitude toward important tasks and even small ones too. In general when things are going well we get addicted to success sometimes. We hunger for more success. Other times we can rest on our laurels and we don't continue to challenge ourselves and take care of of what we have put in motion. The advice from Yijing could mean something different as well. It could mean that we feel stuck and that if we can appreciate our lives, we can appreciate that we're already in the midst of a great crossing that we think hasn't come yet. And we could try and exercise a philosophical I- imagination here. First, bring to mind your highest values. What matters most to you? Maybe it's wisdom, love, compassion, family, creativity, the community of life. Just bring that to mind. We talked about this last week, a single virtue. See if you can bring to mind one virtue and just savor it for a moment. Something that you think is part of the structure of reality itself. And if you need Time, you can pause here for a moment. And now imagine your best life. Maybe that's the way to put it. Or imagine some impossible dream that you really want to accomplish. Just, it would be the thing that you would be so proud to be the central accomplishment of your life. So let it be as big as you can make it. And again, pause if you need time to think about it. And now consider any difference you notice between where you are now and what you wish could be the case for your life and the world. Now, if you do notice a difference... Could you imagine the story of your life in such a way that this moment right now is totally integral to making that dream come true? What is it about this moment? Could you imagine something about this moment that would make it integral? What's the inflection point that is about to happen can you sense it? Could you invite it? Now, if you don't notice a difference between this perfect dream, this, this kind of fulfilled purpose, this great crossing, and where you are now, then maybe you're living a perfect life. Of course, a perfect life is an interesting notion. On the one hand, our life would be perfect if we could accept the perfectness of life itself. In other words, we only experience life as imperfect or as suffering or as problematic because of our own views. If we could just embrace life as it is, we would experience a great liberation. But we face a problem here because everything we've been talking about could become part of the self-help catastrophe, and typically it is. If we imagine our perfect life or our dream purpose fulfilled, here's my dream and I'll pursue it. So we do whatever we can to make that dream a reality. We might do that. We might make our own life perfect at the expense of others. That's why we have to slow down and first of all get in touch with our highest values. Ask, is this dream I'm pursuing really an expression of my highest values? And if it is, then how could I, how could we begin to think the way Yi Jing teaches us to think? Which has to do with delicate, subtle, and profound interdependencies. That would help us to avoid the self-help catastrophe. But then we have the other side of it. We might insist that we already see the perfection of life. And there too, we might run the risk of missing major important perspective or missing the subtleties, really, but it's a big shift in perspective. The great world philosopher Dogen wrote about this. And he said something kind of interesting. He said, when we have not yet fully realized wisdom, realized reality, wisdom we could call it, in our body and mind, well then we think that our wisdom is sufficient. But when wisdom or even the teachings of wisdom begin to fill our body and mind, we actually feel a lack, something missing. Now what does that mean? Why would we feel a lack when wisdom is starting to fill our body and mind and when it's not, when it hasn't filled our body and mind, we, we don't feel the lack. Well, Dogen compares it to sailing in a boat. He says that when we get out at sea, we're far out, way out, We perceive nothing but the sea. It looks like a big circular ocean. We don't see any shoreline or any other features, just a big circular ocean. And that's kind of like a spiritual experience. People experience the oneness of things or the unity of things. And we might have that kind of experience or sort of believe it, have it like an intellectual insight. And either way, we could feel very full of ourselves. We feel now nothing is lacking. See, I have touched the perfectness of life. And we might go on as if everything is great. And now we have an abundance mindset, and we don't see any problems in the world. But often, especially in the dominant culture, this is just big spiritual materialism. We see a huge circle of ocean, but the ocean isn't circular. Dogen says the ocean has inexhaustible virtues, including the fact that it is a palace to countless sentient beings who we cannot perceive when we look out from our limited perspective on the boat. We don't see all that life beneath the surface. All of that life is wisdom. Wisdom, love, and beauty manifest in countless ways in our world. And it takes ongoing practice to become sensitive to all of it. Wisdom tells us we need to continue our practice, learn more, and participate more intimately. In the community of life. And wisdom tells us that life itself is always more. There is always something more. Wisdom means sensing the completeness and incompleteness of every moment. Leadership in our lives or in our professional or personal lives, doesn't matter, leadership means sensing this more, sensing that the more will inevitably arise and having some capacity to anticipate it and, most importantly, to adapt to it. When we are already crossing, when we are in the midst of a small or great endeavor, something more will arise. How will we adapt? How will we be ready for it? Even walking down a familiar street, we may encounter a new crack in the pavement or a speeding cyclist or a little insect trying to survive. Life doesn't stay static. There's always more. And if we don't stay engaged with our own life, with the life we share, this moreness of life could become bad karma for us or for someone else. We might trip over that new crack in the pavement. We might step in front of that speeding cyclist. We might trample that poor little insect for no reason. But if we stay engaged and responsive and we begin to sense the moreness always more, every moment unfolding as always more. So allow yourself to feel the already crossing nature of your life this week and the moreness that goes with that. Appreciate the perfection, the completeness of things, but also their incompleteness. That there's more to practice, more to see, more to participate in, and to help unfold. Well, Next time we'll have further insights into this archetypal patterning. And we'll look at, oh, what do you know, a single moving line. We're back to that again. And In the meantime, if you have questions, reflections, or stories of synchronicity to share... Send them in through dangerouswisdom.org and we might bring some of them into a future contemplation. Until then, this is Dr. Nikos, your friendly neighborhood soul doctor, reminding you that your soul and the soul of the world are not two things. Take good care of them.